Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's Michael C. Bouchard, the host of the Night Stalker podcast. This is episode number 158, uh, season two, and we're going to be dealing with a very touchy subject right now. I'm sure I'm not going to make too many friends with it, but my initial intent is to make some definitions um, of certain words that seem to be out there nowadays, that which, when you break them down into continuity, they fail to... Uh, infuse many of factual and statistical basis which kind of biased both of their uh, the theories themselves and one is the systemic racism and um, you know, that that in itself the word systemic seems to be somewhat skewed because, in general, things may be patterned, but they are not an infused or a uh, point of manifestation or anything such. Uh, critical race, racism, if we combine both of those words, here's the problems we have with that. And, and I'm not knocking or dissuading anybody's opinion from either one, either one of your thought processes, but here's the problem. The first, the first problem you have when you're talking about either one of these theories or concepts is that it is always involving whites and blacks. And the problem is the United States of America is not made up of just whites and blacks. It's made up of a variety, Asians, uh, Europeans, just a, just a multitude of people. So to specifically focus on one Caucasian group believing to be the problem in the systems that our country is based on it being the problem I don't find to be very uh, <clears throat> it could be su- supported by theory but I don't believe in fact it's supported and I'll tell you why because in my opinion and this is not just with these type of things, but many, many theories do not rely on statistical data. I know statistics are numbers, and I know people don't like numbers, but however, you have to understand the court system. You know, okay, let, let, me just, let me just kind of regress here for a second. There can be an issue with the court system involving minorities. However, the statistical number of individuals that are put into the court system by gross numbers are never equated to gross numbers of other groups that are put into the equation itself. Now, if you take an area like where I live, the gross number of individuals that go through a court system are Caucasian, okay, and this, although some may see that it, it's a biased, you know, um, because of so many Caucasians going through the court system, but geographically the area is made up of mostly Caucasians, so to believe that um, there is any type of uh, 
you know, selection process of who goes through there, it's not. It's based on factual information. The larger number of Caucasians go through certain court systems because of the geographical area and the population content of X amount of groups. Uh, it's not based on solely, you know, the court system is selectively picking out or picking on certain people or groups. Um, you have to understand there's also, also a lot of uh, mitigating factors that are involved in people that commit crimes. And I've been involved in, you know, law enforcement for a long time. And there are a lot of mitigating factors why people commit crimes. One is always, the first and foremost is always the economical setting, which is not ever contributed, which is never a, a, a fact, a factor in any of these incidents or these critical or systemic incidences. They're just, just a, you know, kind of like a one-sided scale. And economical situations affect both not only minorities, but Caucasian groups as well. Uh, I mean, I don't know any specific group in this country that hasn't at one time had issues with the um, with financial problems, which cause, create people who cause crimes. Now, and I'm, I'm going to kind of just fine tune this a little bit. And, you know, I, I will admit that this is an issue with the government <clears throat> that they have never actually addressed. But think about it this way. The gas prices are going up on a weekly basis. Some people, well, most people nowadays, live paycheck to paycheck. So <clears throat> when the gas price becomes, it gets to the point where, when the gas price becomes to the point where the average person is going to be able not to afford it, What's going to happen is you're going to have a, a domino effect as far as crime goes. People are either, one, going to not be able to get to work, so they'll have to quit. Maybe they'll collect unemployment, maybe they won't. Uh, people aren't going to be able to afford to do this or that, but they're going to need food, so what do they do? They steal. So for every action, there's a reaction. So there's a lot of mitigating factors in this. There's other mitigating factors too, like I like I was just saying. It, it always seems to be a white and a black issue. However, it's really not a white and a black issue. It's, it, if you think about it, you know, a lot of people are claiming that a lot of this has to do with slavery. Well, inherently, yes, of course, we know there was slavery in the United States. Nobody's denying it. I mean, it's factual. However, what a lot of people don't realize, too, is slavery has been occurring for thousands of thousands of years throughout every culture. As a matter of fact, what most people forget was when the Chinese first came to the United States, uh, they were brought over also as slaves to build railroads through uh, California, Arizona. So it, it's not a, a singular uh, issue. There's more than one group that had been brought over. Um, so with that being said, you know, 
to equal out the arms of justice, it's not just a simple one-sided scale. It's a, a multi-scale. Uh, if you look at when the <clears throat> Italians and Irish came over to the United States, it was also, it wasn't much different for them either. I mean, the conditions they lived in were poor. But the big fact, too, is what a lot of people don't realize is if you think about <clears throat> white privilege, is, is a, is a, it, that's a propaganda term because nobody I, I have ever known, especially I grew up in a Caucasian uh, town, uh, school was all, all Caucasian. Um, I don't know any of us that were ever had any, any type of privilege. As a matter of fact, most of us were kids from single parents, you know, usually the mother were the ones that raised us. Our grandmothers raised us. Uh, these were people that worked in a factory, worked part-time here and there. So the term white, you know, white white privilege is another term that's always in, injected into uh, these type of uh, theories or debates, which is for most of the Caucasian uh, groups in the United States, I, I, I listen. I'm I'm still I'm still waiting for mine, and mine hasn't come in 59 years, so I don't think it's coming anytime soon. You know, as a matter of fact, I'll be quite honest with you. You know, let's get back to the, you know, the issue when it comes to work and employment. I was no different than anybody that from a, a minority group. To be honest with you, I grew up in a poor white neighborhood. I was treated like poor white trash. Uh, the jobs I had were limited. Uh, you know, I didn't have parents that could pay for me to go to college, so I didn't go. So I was in that same scenario, working in a sweatshop for $2.14 an hour for over a decade, uh, barely making enough to survive. So, you know, <clears throat> here these are the, the variables that people don't inject into these these theories uh you know i'm not using it as an excuse because listen this the problem the problem with a lot of these critical theory incidents and systemics the the theory in in writing sounds tangible but when you add in other equations that existed or were occurring at the time it dilutes the the accuracy of, of what was going on, um, you know. Because let me tell you what: every group in the United States that I know of has always dealt with some type of bias against them. I mean, that's just how it is. Um, <clears throat> I call it the cat dog syndrome. Uh, my my version on racism is compared to other people's is a lot different. Uh, my view of racism has nothing to do with um, color. My view of racism is racism is based on the failure of one group to understand the culture of another group or the social, the social um, functioning of groups. Um, it's not because of a person's color or anything like that. It's, it's, it's based on the fact that... Um, there is a misunderstanding or a not understanding of one's particular group, social customs, you know, everything. So 
that's where it seems to, you know, be a bigger part of the equation. Also, if you looked in today's today, if you look at the difference between cultural groups, social standards with certain groups, Asians, Hispanics, whites, blacks, we all have different ways of doing things, you know? We may have basic characteristics like certain type of religions, this, that, and the other, but our cultural integrity, as long as it's traditional, is more, it's different. And I think within that difference is where some of this comes from. You know, um, you know, my, my thought on the, 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 you know, how do we fix this is, is very simple. And I, I don't like this uh, critical race theory because I, I don't think it should be applicable to educational system quite simply. And I'll, and I'll be very forward. A child goes into a school system, doesn't matter what color you are, the syllabus for the classes are the same, the expectations are the same. So to, to say that some is, are treated unfairly, that's not an accurate statement. Let's face it, <clears throat> some kids when they get into school, for whatever reason, just don't want to be part of the school system. They want to, they want to, you know, cause trouble. They want to disturb classes, this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, that's how it is. It's got nothing to do with the education or what they're being taught. It's just that some students, for whatever reason, and there could be a lot of reasons, are not equipped to be to function in a school system. I mean, you know, it's, people don't want to hear that, but that's how it is. I mean, you know, I, I spent eight years in the school systems, I know. So you're not going to tell me that there's a big difference? No. Now, in some ways, is it more probable that when you go into an inner city, let's say we go into an inner city, there's, there's probably going to be less Caucasians than there are black Hispanic students in the school. So with that being in mind, statistically, the number of students that don't pass are going to be much higher than the Caucasian group because the Caucasian group is a smaller number. So therefore, those numbers themselves are skewed. But to, to teach certain type of, to, to try to inject racism, and my second biggest peeve is, you know, you do not need to be injecting sexual contact and content material into young students. You know, I don't give a shit what your reason is. You don't do that, Okay. You got to remember, I'm very old school. 
and that's how it is. You don't inject certain things into younger people because what what happens is you have to remember from the up to the age of fourteen, children are very. Uh, what, what they do is this is when they learn things. This is how what develops their character, usually in that age. So what information is, is you know, given to them or injected into their thought processes, something that's probably going to stay there. So if we, if we go in there into the school systems and tar- start teaching them things like uh, everything about racism, I'm not, I'm not saying... Don't teach it, but there's a different way to teach it. And I'll explain that in a minute. Uh, sexualism, uh, other group behaviors, you know, I'm not going to get into that, but stuff like this. You are already putting these children a, a pre-programmed disposition that is going to follow them through life. And that's what we don't want because you want children as they grow older into adults. See, we don't raise children. We raise adults. They start out as children, but hopefully by the time we're done to raise them, they're adults. Different theory. You know, I don't raise children. I raise adults. Um, but this is something that isn't to the best interest. So how do, how do we make our younger students aware of other racial groups? or their cultures without, you know, having to directly impact one one race against the other. This is what we do. We teach them about the Hispanic culture, the African-American culture, the white culture, the Asian culture, so that they, they begin to develop a better understanding of the cultures, why the social uh, characteristics of cultures are different. Um, and we try to get them to gain an interest in the different cultural venues of different people. You know, we can't... See, here's the problem. With the systemic racism, the uh, critical racism, all they're doing is blaming everything. It's a blame game, Okay. Blame games, I'm going to be honest with you. I grew up in the 60s. I know what racial tension is. You younger people, you have no freaking clue. Okay? If you were born in, in the 80s or after, you're nothing for nothing. You're clueless. I hate to tell you, you're clueless. You don't know what it is. You're basing your, your opinions on other people's opinions that weren't even around when the real shit was going down. So what I'm trying to say is that instead of always infusing this group against that group, that that one's at fault, this one's at fault, what we need to do is try to educate the younger students so that they are not as um, so I'm trying to figure out how to, how to say this. They're not as um, adversarial to other groups, you know, um, the court systems, it's always being said that the court systems are, you know, set up to, you know, 
go after the minorities. <clears throat> well, I'll tell you what, the court system I'm in, down down where I live, you ought to see what they do to, to the Caucasians. Oof. I'll tell you what, I know one person there, and, I, and you know what? Listen, I've been in law enforcement a long time, and I can't stand the court system. It, it takes people that are that have mental issues, maybe not readily apparent, but they have them, and they have them for a variety of reasons, and they aggressively go after them to make sure they go to jail. How is that going to change a person with mental health issues? It doesn't. It, it, when they come out, they're worse. Okay? So it's not just a one group that the court system is going after. And it's a, it's a hard balance because you have to understand that in the court system, you know, you can't just let everybody go. I mean, let's face it. Let's look what our country is like right now. Why? With all of this uh, police indemnity, you know, they don't want you to do that. They don't want the police to do that, do that. And now the citizenry are finally realizing, oh, we're fucked. Because what's going to happen now? Because the cops are coming, they ain't going to do nothing. And a lot of you have probably observed it and noticed it. But this is, this is the type of result you get from pandering to political, um, let's, let me, let me just rephrase it. This is how the politicians pander to ethnical groups to get a vote. They're not doing what's in your best interest. They're doing in the interest of getting a vote from you. And I'll tell you why this is. You imagine you have a housing project. The city I work in has, has four of them, right? 95% of those people that live in that housing project are not the thugs standing out in the corner. They're not the thugs selling drugs, carrying guns, stealing cars, but they're imprisoned in their own their own housing project by these people. You know, but the law enforcement now has to worry about, and not, let me just kind of be front with you, I don't give a shit what camera you stick in my face. You just better get my good side. Because I don't give a shit about your camera. Because I know the law a lot better than you do. And you can give, give me your Matlock Perry Mason Street version. I don't give two shits about it. Okay? Just telling you. I tell you people the truth all the time. I get a lot of listeners because they don't want to hear somebody giving them smug shit. But statistically... Again, we forget we fail to add statistical numbers to the these equations. We forget, we don't en enter into the equation. How many Caucasians have been arrested, put through the system? How many African Americans? How many Hispanics? How many Asians? With a final outcome, we're be these 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 theories are based on speculative ideology. Yeah. And are there patterns in these ideologies? Sure there are. There's patterns there's patterns in everything. If the majority of A commits the crime, the majority of A are going to be in court or in the prison system. 
if B causes, creates more crime, group B is going to be in the court system, this and that. It's, it's, a, it's a statistical number. Numbers are true numbers. And then there's the differentiation between crimes. It doesn't matter. A crime is a crime. Okay? That's how it is. You know, people don't want to hear that, but that's how it is. You know? But certain groups look at things different. Like me as a Caucasian, <clears throat> if one of my dumb Caucasian group does a crime, well, that should be arrested. That should be thrown in jail. I'm not going to hold any, I'm not using any excuse for him doing what he did. Why would I do that? You know? Simple. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a very simple, uh, it's a, it's a very, it's a very simple way of looking at things. I mean, you have to add the statistical data, you have to add the other factors involved in it. You can't take it from a one-sided opinion. People are picking on me because I'm Caucasian. People are picking on me because I'm Hispanic, Black, Asian. We've all been there. If you look at history, we've always been there. One of us, one of our groups, has always been getting getting the shit end of the stick at one time or the other. I mean, me, honestly, I think I'm still getting the shit end of the stick. I'm just not smart enough to, to jump out of the toilet yet. But, you know, that's just because I'm old. So when we use terms like, you know, critical racism and, and systemic racism, racism is something that is learned from a child to an adult. It is a learned ideological process. It is not something that is made by the court system. It's not something developed by the schools. It's not something developed by anything else but what a person sees, hears, and how it, in, uh, it affects them as they grow up, okay? I'm not telling you that, and then again, we have variables there too. The average person, you know, they don't come home to a, a household that are, you know, made up of white Aryans that hate everybody. As a matter of fact, because I'm a, um, and here's another statistical fact people don't realize, because I am a white Catholic, the Ku Klux Klan hates me too. So, eh, they hate everybody. At least they're EOE, right? EO, EOE, Equal Opportunity Employers. But you see, there's a lot of statistical information that are not put into these theories. And I understand the concept and the, and the direction of it. It's just that I, I find that the, the systems of support for the theories in itself are uh, very limited on statistical data, on uh, other factors that, that are you know, implied in it. You know, is this a situation that, that's ever going to be... Uh, solved? It's not going to be, folks. It's not going to be. It's never going to be. I don't mean to be a, a Debbie Downer, but it's never going to. It's never going to be for one reason or the other. You know, that's how it is. 
can we as people, you know, in our daily lives try to manage it or try to understand it, get a better grasp on it and, and curb our own ideologies and feelings? Yeah, we can. But are we ever going to fix it? No. As a matter of fact, I found what I found, unfortunately, was that you have to remember, <clears throat> although I'm in New England, uh, the majority of my, my, my people come from farther up north, okay? And all, although the north was really the ones that were involved in freeing the slaves during the uh, Civil War, um, this last election we had uh, really, really divided uh, the Caucasian population. It really did. Um, because some just got so fed up with the rioting and this and that, that um, large groups that I'm talking about where I come from, and it's a huge state, um, <clears throat> the groups broke up down into just the regular working class or, or what we call the Jim Crow class. And the numbers grew exponentially. I mean, it, it split not only the black, white, and other minorities apart, but in, in context, it took the white Caucasian group and it split them in half. It fragmented them. It fragmented them against each other, which people don't realize. You know, and then you infuse that with all these young Caucasian kids that couldn't find their ass with two hands in a road map talking about shit that I lived through and they never even saw unless they read it in a book. You add that, <clears throat> you know, let's fight a cause we have nothing, we know nothing absolutely about except what we learned on, you know, the uh, misleading media. Um, you know, let's face it. Uh, Yeah, it's, it, it caused a big fragmentation in the, uh, in the uh, you know, the white community. And <clears throat> unfortunately, it's a very dangerous one, you know. Um, so believe me, it is not a, it is not a, a singular or a dual group uh, problem. It is a multicultural and it is a, even, even a subgroup multicultural um, fragmentation that's occurred. What do you do with it? I don't, I don't have an answer to it. But you know, here's the here. This is, I'm gonna be honest with you. This is this is what this is what really causes the issue. You have within certain groups, people are always whining about, oh, we're treated this way. We're treated okay. But you know what? So is everybody fucking else. Open your eyes. You know, because once you make it start to seem like a one-party issue, people don't feel associated with you. They don't. They disassociate themselves from you because they don't want to always hear about your fucking problems because everybody else has them too. You know? Um, you know, and let's face it, over the, over the years... There's been more conflict between the Asian and the African-American community than there has between the white and the African-American community. But they, the Asians are never mentioned. 
furthermore, the Asians were brought in to this country to basically slavery to build railroads. So <clears throat> this is not a simple problem that uh, two simple theories are going to cause uh, fix. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. You know, the best advice I could give to you as a person within all of our groups, we have people that are malicious. They don't want to see you do any better than they can do. And they get jealous when you do better than they can do. Disregard them. I don't care if they're your friends. I don't care if they're your parents, your relatives. You've got to disregard them. Always do. Take advantage of education. Take advantage of it. Learn from what the teachers can tell you. Learn from what adults can teach you. Okay? Go out and take advantage. Legal advantage. Not legal advantage. Legal advantage of opportunities that are going to eventually elevate you to a position where you want to be. It's easy to do. I had to do it. Okay? I had to do it. I'm still doing it. But don't be caught in these ideologies that the media, the news, groups want you to believe. Because once you start falling victim of contextual media or ideologies, whether it's based on religion, race, creed, sexuality, once you become drawn into that that mire, you will always be in that mire, and that mire will not allow you to break out of it. And what you want to do as a person, whether you're young or old, is to stay away from people that want to draw you down. Okay? Because these, these, these issues that are going on in the court systems, let's mention, in the school systems, in the cultural system, and social systems, they're never going away. They will just re-manifest themselves in some other hideous type of form, like they always do. And I'm going to tell you where... Where, where it comes into the ignorance. And this is this is what I'm talking about with our new cultural uh, mentality, which should be slapped people right out of their shoes. The Chicago school systems. Now imagine you, you guys, I mean, some you men and women who have children, especially females. You're in a Chicago school system. The schools, even all the way up from the, the lowest grade all the way up to the high schools, <clears throat> no longer have gender on the restrooms. It's multi-use restrooms. So you tell me that you're going to let your female daughter go into a, into a, a restroom with some teenage boy who's got more testosterone than he needs to know to do it, and you think nothing's going to happen? And how confusing is that to the younger, younger children that, well, why, why is a female or a male in, in my restroom? Okay, you see, this this is the problem when people want a world where they can just do what the fuck you want. 
I know we're going on a little bit of an off-tangent here, but this is the ideology that society has today. It's not good. You are not going to create problems. You are not going to solve problems by creating problems. Okay, as a matter of fact, the backlash or the backfire may be more severe than you thought. Just saying. So before we get involved in all of these ideologies, theories, and, uh, <clears throat> you know, just the fake news, the all this kind of bullshit, take a look around, see what's going on. As a person, attempt to change it. Attempt to change it yourself. Attempt to change you, yourself. That's, that's what will correct this problem. The problem is we don't have enough people wanting to do that. Everybody wants the easy way out. Life is not easy. Life is not going to, <clears throat> you know, life is not going to become simple for you because of your, your gender, your race, your color, your religion. It's not going to, it's not going to ever make life easier. Okay, what's going to make life easier is people themselves coming up with their own belief and ideology and how to become better for themselves. You don't get older, you get better. And don't let people try to sidetrack you, discourage you, because that's what they want, because certain people are too lazy in life to ever get anywhere. So you don't want those people becoming your, you know, your, your, your uh, the weight on your back. Just remember that. And like I said, before we start believing in all of these theories and ideologies, I don't care how long the theories have been out, like they say, you know what? Theories in archaeology are only good for five years because they're always updated and replaced by some other type of action or evidence. Just telling you. Same thing with theories and population theories, migration theories, race theories, all this shit. Every five years, things change. So, with that being said, I'm Michael C. Bouchard, the host of Night Stalker Podcast. This is episode 158. Season number two, and I will see you the next time around. And just remember, if you're in a dark alley, a dark street, a dark room, the back of a dark car, the first thing you need to know is ask yourself, is one, what the hell am I doing there? And second, when you hear those footsteps coming up from behind you, you better have had a, an escape route up, because if you don't, you will be part of this next episode. <laughs>